Unpopular opinion, but unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. You're listening to Unpopular Opinion, a podcast for professionals from all walks of life who want to hear success stories from innovators who've won by taking the path less traveled. In each episode, recovering journalist and content marketer Ashley Amber Saba interviews individuals who have prospered thanks to their genuinely unpopular opinions, despite warnings from naysayers, threats to their careers, and colossal obstacles. All rebels are welcome. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Ashley Ambersava, and this episode is brought to you by my friends at Audience Ops. Audience Ops is a content marketing agency, and they produce every episode of my show. If you're looking to launch a podcast for your brand or for your business, please reach out to me. I would love to hook you up. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Victor Ijodula, a professional content marketing manager who runs Premium Content Shop where he helps brands plan and create content that pushes specific narratives or POVs that drive demand. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I am very excited to talk to you today about your unpopular opinion. Um, Can you please share with the listeners why you believe offering a trial period is crucial for agencies, even though it's not a common practice in the industry? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, I think most people, most brands that um, do trial are either SaaS businesses or just um, um, technology businesses in general. Um, but when it when when you want to do businesses, and when you want to do business with agencies, um, you find that. In most cases, you don't get to have that trial period. You just um, you just jump into the contract, you just jump into an agreement, and you you literally don't have that opportunity to, to see like to get like a feel for their work, right? You just you just jump into it, and in most cases, again, agencies are more expensive than you know start businesses. Yet they don't offer any trial periods, right? They don't offer any trial um, arrangement. Um, so I think it's important, um, especially if you are doing a lot of outbound to get your your client as an agent or as a consultant. Um, I, in most cases that I've seen, clients who want to get a better feel of what of of um, what your you know the quality of a better um, feel for um, the quality of your work. Um, and so in those cases, yeah, I think, um, you know, trial periods are, are very important. How did you come up with the idea of implementing trial periods in the process? Was there an experience or anything that helped kind of inspire that approach for you? Yeah, I was I was doing a lot of, um, 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 outbound, um, you know, unbound emails, and I noticed that, or I realized that a lot of clients that I was talking to, or potential clients I was talking to, because they didn't know um, my work, you know, you know, when they when they come in inbound, I don't have to demonstrate anything. I show you my sample, you know, um, we get to work right. It's it's that it's that simple. But when I'm reaching out to them. I realized that they wanted 
something more. They wanted to feel like, and you know, my prices are relatively expensive, right? And so I just want to let them know that look, you're getting um, you're getting a good deal with me, right? So it, it's not like I'm reducing my price or anything, but I just give them like a pilot project, you know, that that they can work with, that they can make a decision with, right? Just before they enter any long term commitment. They have this small package they can do, and you know that just really helps to um, reassure them that they are getting a good deal with my work. And have you found that to be more comforting to them than like offering them a portfolio that you might have? Yeah. Um, so the thing is, everyone offers a portfolio, right? Every, every consultant would show you their portfolio, they would show you their portfolio. But again, the client doesn't really know unless they start working with you, right? And again, if they come in inbound, all the, this entire process is most likely not needed, right? When they come in inbound, let, let's say they message me on LinkedIn or anything like that, they don't really have to, we don't really have to go through that trial project, right? Unless maybe on a case-by-case basis, I feel like maybe because of the complexity of the work, because of the size of the project, even though they are coming inbound, I might still say, oh, let's do a trial project. Um, but in cases where it's clear that I can, um, where, it's, where it's clear that, you know, I can deliver on this job, you've reached out to me, then there's, there's no need for it, yeah. When it comes to um, skepticism that maybe industry peers have um, talked to you about when you told them about how you offer these trial periods, how did you overcome that doubt? Do you mean in terms of clients or just peers? More peers, just because I doubt that you would probably get as much negativity negativity from a client who'd probably be very interested um, in that opportunity. But I feel like maybe people on your level who are doing what you're doing might doubt what you're doing because it is very unique and unpopular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, to be honest, I haven't had that many conversations about this process with you know with peers. Um, but again, um, I imagine that um, they might not have that you know uh, that many problems with it because it's not free work. I think if I'm telling them I'm doing free work, yeah, that's where everyone will be like, what are you doing, Victor? That's, that, that's not good. That, they're selling yourself cheap, right? Um, but as long as it's like, so let me give you an example, an example, right? Let's say a client comes in and, and the value of the project per month is say 6K a month, right? And they're expecting, expect say, for leadership articles every month. Instead of signing an agreement for four articles a month, we can say, oh, let's do one article, right? And we are not, I'm not reducing any price. I'm just dividing 6K by four, right? Which is 1,500, one, $1, right? So I get paid 1,500 even before I start the job, right? So it's not like, um, I'm giving it the work and then I'm saying people like it, you know, you're paying, you're giving a deposit, you're doing all that stuff. 
but it's just the process that I'm still reassuring, right? So I don't think a lot of my peers are going to have issues with this per se. Um, since it's not really yeah. Many agencies might worry that offering trial periods might devalue what they're doing. How do you strike the balance between showcasing your expertise and providing a risk-free trial for potential clients? Yeah. So um, I think, again, it all goes back to how you present, you know, this offer, right? It's an offer. How, how you present it, right? Um, if you present it in a way that, you know, still places you as an expert, right? So usually this code, this, um, when I'm sending the pricing information or the process, I'm sending it over an email, right? And so it's like, the, the way I present it is first, here are some samples that you can look at. Here are some results you can look at. And then this is the process, right? Um, it would only be me devaluing my work or devaluing my expertise if I'm saying this is free work, right? I'll just do this for you. And if you're happy, pay me. If you're not happy, you don't pay me. So because I'm not doing that, it's really not, it's not devaluing my work in yeah. I want to get a little tactical on this next question um, regarding mm -hmm. what specific strategies do you use today to ensure that seamless and successful trial experience for your potential clients? Just, um, so at the beginning of the project, typically at the beginning of the trial project, for instance, um, I get any parameters I need to get for the project, um, to the topic we're, we're working with, the goal you're trying to achieve for the content, um, um, any other information that I need, right? Uh, you make your deposit and I get to work, right? Um, it's really that simple. There's no, there's no complicated processes to it, right? You've seen my work, you've seen my samples, Let's do a free trial, right? It, it's only hard if I'm saying, you've seen my work, you've seen my sample, come and sign up for 10K a month, right? But it's like a really good um, put in the dot technique where it's like, I show you my work, I show you my samples. Now let's do a free trial. I'm not free trial, let's do a trial, right? So yeah, it, it's pretty much the process. And have you got a lot of good feedback from clients um, that you've offered that to? Yeah. To be honest, since I started doing this, it, it just really lowers the objections that I get. Um, I, I can't remember that. I, I don't think that I've had any situation where a client is like, oh, no, this project doesn't work for me because it's, it's really for them, right? It, it puts them first. So it really works for the time, all the time. I, I can't remember one scenario where it hasn't worked. Can you share a story of a client who maybe initially hesitated, but um, felt more comfortable once you told them about the trial period? I don't think I have any story like that. Again, because I'm offering them this, um, um, this package, right? So I'm not really giving them the chance to be hesitant. You get what I mean, right? So it's like, I'm giving them that trial 
package and at the same time i'm giving them the full price as well so in the same email i'm giving them my samples my um my portfolio and i'm saying this is the price for the trial package um and then i'm saying if you like the yeah, if everything goes well with the, with the trial um, project we do this with another cost this amount the only case where they are going to say no is if the price of the full um, project, the retainer um, that would happen after the test work, the only time they would say no is if, if that retainer isn't within their budget, right? So we will not even get into the trial period at all, we won't get into the trial package at all, right? So that's the only case where, so in that case, it's not really a matter of um, them being hesitant to start or anything, it's just, it's not within their budget and that, and that's okay. What advice would you give others that don't currently offer any kind of trial like this um, to help implement this for them? I'd say um, it all depends on what's working for you, right? Um, if you find that you are closing high-paying deals without having to do a trial, all well and good, you don't need it, right? But if you realize that, especially if you're doing outbound, if you realize that, you know, you're talking to a lot of clients and, and you know, they're getting cold feet about starting your project. If you're selling very expensive services, uh, I think this, this, is, this is a good step that you want to add to, um, to your process. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the audience ops team for producing the podcast. They make it easier for me to just focus on finding amazing people to talk to like Victor, and I wouldn't have the show without them. If you're looking to produce a podcast for your business, I definitely recommend that you check them out. I'm happy to make the intro for you. Back to you, Victor. Okay, so how do you manage the workload and client expectations during the trial period? especially if you have multiple potential client periods happening together at one time. Yeah. Um, so I have a project manager who doubles as my wife. Um, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a family business, right? So he really does all the operations, all the project management, um, especially when we're hiring like a lot of writers for any project that we're working on. So she has all that covered. I'm, I'm not I'm not great at operations at all. Um, in most cases, I'm also not great at writing the actual content in, in a lot of cases. Um, I do write good content myself, but um, I believe that there are more um, high quality writers on my team. Um, so I, I just focus on you know delivering the best quality work for my client. Um, showing my writers, preparing briefs and outlines from my writers, showing them exactly what um, what goes into each piece of content that we are creating, um, and then just essentially delivering something that is like ninety to ninety percent, ninety to ninety-five percent ready to publish content for my client. Yeah, so that that's really where I focus my work and just to make sure that everyone is working at their strengths. You know, yeah. I didn't know that this was a family business. What kind of dynamic does that bring between you and your wife then? Uh, I mean, to be honest, at the beginning, we kind of had some head sometimes where you know, 
you want this, I want this, and it's created a bit of tension. Um, but we've been doing we've been doing this for um, at least at least five years now. So we've we've gotten the hang of it. Everything everything has become a lot easier. Beyond the trial period, how do you maintain those strong relationships with your clients and continue to deliver value long term? I know that you must be good at doing that because you have been doing it for five years now. But I'd just be curious to know um, if you have any tactical um, ways for people to implement good relationship building skills. I think it really boils down to, I mean, there's a lot of variables when it comes to delivering good work for clients. But I think it really boils down to um, delivering on your promises, right? You make a promise, you say you're going to deliver something by, um, let's say Friday, deliver on that. Just, just do what you're going to do, right? Especially even when the clients are not really watching, so they're not following up on you or anything, they paid you, just do the work and um, make sure that you deliver and let them know that you delivered. And you, you just, I like to look for what I call um, the light points when I'm working with clients where I just give them things that they probably weren't expecting and then they're just like, oh, this is a really good, you know, value add, right? So yeah, so I'd say deliver on your promises, um, any value add that you can that you can implement in your business, do that as well. Yeah. Can you talk to me about how the implementation of trial periods has influenced your overall growth and reputation in the market? Um, so for most of the clients that I've worked with, I've realized that they end up staying with us for at least a year, right? Um, but that wouldn't have happened if I didn't close them in the first place. Right. So this trial period helping to close more clients and then I have more retainers to work with. And then, you know, that just happens over and over and the, the business is going like that. That's really cool. I mean, it's good to hear that that is being that successful for you too. Do you have any tools that you're using or technologies to kind of streamline the trial process and gather valuable feedback from clients? The trial process, um, not much tool is involved there. It's just um, if we need to do any keyword research in that in that period, yeah, I, I use either SPM Rush or HRF. Um, everything is kept to just email at that point. Um, when we come to the retainer side, we onboard them into like a Slack group where we, where we have like an easier communication between the team and mine. Um, but at the trial stage, it's just email and any other, um, you know, if there's a keyword research tool involved, yeah. And of course, Google Docs, everybody use Google Docs. Um, yeah, but there's a lot more tools involved when, when they then cross over to, you know, the retainer side, yeah. Looking back on your journey, what lessons have you learned about challenging conventional norms and adopting innovative approaches in business? In general, right? So, yeah. Is it in general? 
in general. Okay. Just so generally. General, yeah, in general. So I'd say this question is pretty relevant for me because I like to look for ways to improve what's already working. And then so that leads to what you can call innovative, you know, solutions and things like that. Um, but one thing I've learned is that it, it's um, beyond just getting the ideas to challenge the status quo or introduce an innovative solution in the market. What I've learned is to make sure that the market wants your innovative solution before you put it out in the market, right? So make sure that I've had a, a quite a good number of ideas um, that I considered innovative in the past. Um, but I realized the hard way that it's better to test things first, test your ideas first. Um, you know, don't have to talk a bit about something that I'm working on that I'm launching soon. And I'm just in that market research process now where I'm real, where I'm trying to make sure that before I see anything in the you know in the marketplace, I want to make sure that this thing is really going to be accepted. Like before I before I do it, so yeah, that that's one thing I'll have learned. Test the idea before you know, making any huge um, investment into it. Yeah, for agencies considering incorporating trial periods the way that you're doing them, um, what kind of steps should they take to make sure that they have an effective implementation? I'd say it comes really down to how you present this offer. You don't want to present it in a way that devalues you or your expertise, right? You want to present it in a way that um, you're, you're still showing that and what I'm doing. Um, this entire process, this entire trial um, period is just to make sure that you know, and reassuring, just make sure that you are reassured about the work, you know, that you're hiring this for. Um, yeah, I'd say pay attention to how you're, how you're presenting this offer to make it sound like you're begging for work. Um, you know, let them know that you're, you're bringing value pretty much, yeah. Okay, what's next for you? Do you have any exciting projects or developments on the horizon that you can share? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm working on something right now, but um, like I said, I, I don't want to care so much about it now. I'm just really testing the market to make sure that it, it, um, it's something that the market wants, is why we leave it out. Uh, so follow me on LinkedIn, you definitely get an update on each other, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the way that you're testing it? Okay, so um, it's um, it's nothing um, it's nothing elaborate. It's just you know you look for the people that you think might need the thing you're building, right? Um, put them in a list. Um, then start reaching out to them one by one, right? Give them a couple of questions that would really point you, would really let you know if um, they would buy this thing when you when you when you finally create it. 
right? Um, important questions that I would say you should ask them would be, um, um, let me think of it here, right? So um, say, um, if there was a tool that helped you to do this, this and that, would you use it? Um, if the tool comes out and it's working properly, how frequently do you think you would need to use it, right? And then how much would you pay for it? So those are pretty important questions I would say you should ask. Yeah, it will really help you to get their real interest and real intention about what you're creating. Those are amazing questions. Thank you for adding that. I feel like a lot of people can apply that um, if they're looking to do experimentation for uh, things that they're looking into now too. Um, I ask everybody who comes on my show at the end to debunk an unpopular opinion, and I would love to hear yours. Mm. Okay. An unpopular opinion that is not really popular, um, that is not really an unpopular opinion, would, would be something like um, SEO isn't dying. Something like, you know, someone comes to LinkedIn and says, unpopular opinion, SEO isn't dying. We all know SEO isn't dying. It's not dying. Everybody knows that. It's not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just a little you know? baity. I think that the yeah. fact that um, search engine optimization has been evolving a lot um, has mm -hmm. caused people to either believe it might be dying or to use that as a bait to get people to click, even though changing and evolving doesn't mean death. <laughs> but yeah, it's very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, uh, at this point, it's not an unpopular opinion anymore. So yeah, you, you can just relax. It's quite an unpopular opinion. Did you hear that marketers put that one to bed? Um, thank you again, Victor, for coming on to my show today. What I would love to know is where can everybody go to find more of you? Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So my name on LinkedIn, I think my name should be somewhere around this podcast, but it's Victor Ijdola on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, but not so active there for work. Um, my website is premiumcontentshop.com. So yeah, that's true. All right. Well, hey, thank you again for coming on today. I loved having you. You added a lot of amazing discussion points to a topic that I have not heard that much about. So thank you again for the value. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Unpopular Opinion. This episode was produced by Audience Ops. If you're looking for help launching a podcast, Audience Ops handles all the legwork so you can focus on providing the subject matter expertise. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow Ashley's show on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube.